Paranorm podcast contains content that might not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. This is Paranorm Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Paranorm, the podcast where we chat all things true crime and paranormal. I'm Emily. I'm Sierra. And um, sadly, spooky season is now over. However, that will not stop me from telling everyone to have a very spooky day. (laughs) Um, If you listen to our Halloween episode, you know why I'm saying that. Mm -hmm. Um, So have you had a spooky week, Sierra? Mm. It was kind of eerie. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Like I would re- say that. It felt like a really long week. It was so long. I was And I don't even have a fucking job and it felt like a long I week. Was, I was over it for sure. I don't know. I I feel like I'm just gonna have to like do something maybe like in the middle of the week to like power through the end so I'm not like a miserable person on Friday. I would say to take up drinking, but I know that's not your thing. So mm. that's how I make it through. I might have to just like take up coffee or something. Oh maybe, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Also a huge advocate for some coffee. <laughs> I mean, we're staring at my iced coffee from this morning now. So, yeah, we'll have to, I'll have to figure something out. Mm-hmm. Quit your job. <sighs> well, if I quit my job, then nobody here is working. Yeah. So, yeah. But our bills are paid. Well, there's that. So, all right. I feel like we don't have anything to talk about. We have no. no no interesting news. I don't have Hopefully anything. I make it through this Halloween party because um, mm-hmm. we're recording this on the Saturday. So like, <sighs> yeah, this will come out either way, but we'll, we shall see next week. Yes. Okay. So on to my case. All right. Here we go. This week we are talking about the murder of Andrea Del Vesco. Um, she was a college student. Okay. Nobody really called her Andrea. Okay. So I'm going to be referring to her as Andy. Okay. Um, so like this isn't a new person. It's okay. just it's just Andrea. Okay. Academically, Andy was one like what one might expect of a student at UCLA, mm-hmm. nearly straight A's in high school, National Honor Society, State Spelling Bee Award and like just just a overall a, a, a good student. Mm-hmm. Um However, there was some, like, little bumps in the road, as you will with a college student. Mm -hmm. Um, In June 2015, Andy was arrested and charged with possessions of drugs. Mm. Um, She was accused of possessing LSD, methamphetamine, magic mushrooms, and ecstasy, all of which are party drugs. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's nothing, like... Insane. Like, it's not great, but like, but it's it's not like she's doing fucking heroin out in the parking lot. Mm. Um, so she was pleading not guilty and had been due in court on September twenty fifth, four days after her death. Mm. Um, but it's not something like crazy again. Mm-hmm. So what set her apart according to her close friends and family was her compassion. She was known to reach out to anyone who seemed trouble and had been volunteering since she was in the first grade. Mm-hmm. She spent her 16th birthday in Peru making bricks out of mud to help villagers construct shelters for guinea pigs. And Aww. right? Because guinea pigs are a really good source of protein. Mm-hmm. So that's what they yeah. needed the guinea pigs for. Uh, quote, she loved helping people, her mother Leslie recalled. That was a huge part of her life. Um, so maybe she was just helping someone. 
If she took the drugs. When she took the drugs. Yeah. yeah. So, um, or she said she didn't. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so her mom and her like were really, really close. Mm-hmm. Her mom described her as her best friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bond between the two remained strong even after she left the family home, um, in Austin mm-hmm. to go to UCLA. Leslie, that's the mother, mm-hmm. uh, would get daily calls from her daughter from the campus sculpture garden, botanical garden, and, or like other favorite spots. Mm-hmm. Um, her and her mom were very, very close. Yeah. So, like, it's not... Like, if something was going on in her life, her mom would pretty much know about it. And um, if she stopped calling her, then her mom would be like, okay, what's going yeah, on? Yeah, what's happening? Yeah. So, one morning, uh, a fellow student and, like, sorority member, Sarah Murr, got up early on the, on the morning of September 21st, 2015. Mm-hmm. Her boyfriend was visiting from Northern California to celebrate Sarah's 21st birthday. Mm-hmm. And she needed to drive him to LAX. Uh, to catch an early flight back. So it was still dark when she returned to her second floor apartment. Westwood section of Los Angeles is where their apartment was located. Mm -hmm. Um, Like so early, in fact, the car, it said like the little clock in the car said 530 in the morning. So like early morning. She'd already gone to the airport and come back. Yeah, yeah. And it was still still only 530. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Murr was at her front door about to turn the key when she heard a noise in the stairwell below. She turned and looked and saw a man running away. She made a mental note of what he was wearing, which, good on you, Mm -hmm. boo-boo. He was wearing red and blue tank top, dark jeans, and a baseball cap. Um, Murr was disturbed by the brief encounter. Mm -hmm. Like, you know how you just come across people and they give you a really fucking weird vibe. Well, it's also 5.30 in the morning. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, But after she talked to her boyfriend on the phone, she decided to go back to sleep. Mm Um, however, she was awoken 45 minutes later by a woman screaming and a barking slash whimpering dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, she called 911 and described the ruckus and the man she had seen earlier to the operator. Um, quote, I know the girl below me has a dog, mm-hmm. um, which I listened to the 911 transcript this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> No, (laughs) I don't know why I do these things to myself, Mm -hmm. but I do. Like the other day when you came home and I was watching the documentary on Mm -hmm. the adoption. Yeah. yeah. Um, Guys, I cry really easily. Like, (laughs) like, (laughs) like so interesting. It's like the one thing I'm just like, what? Like, it's okay, obviously. <laughs> it's okay that you cry, Emily. It's okay that you cry. Like, it's totally fine. I'm not worried about it. But it's like, just that. It's just... But, I, I mean, I guess if you think of yourself as, like, being, like, not emotional in, like, the, oh, she's such a girl, like, emotional mm-hmm. way, but, like, uh, emphatic, I guess, like, it makes sense that you yeah cry at the... Yeah, but I, I literally, I will cry, like, just people describing things. Chloe will describe something to me, and I will fucking bawl my eyes mm-hmm. out. So, anyway, listening to this 911 call made me cry. Um, cause you can just hear the concern in her voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as Murr answered the operator's questions, a high pitched noise that sounded like a woman screaming can be heard in the background. 110% can hear it. Mm-hmm. According to the transcription of the 911 call, the operator asked Murr if she could hear the sirens of approaching police cars. And she goes, um, yeah, I hear them. They're getting close. Okay. Yeah, they're here. Uh, the operator then told Murr, quote, I'm going to make sure they get to the door below you first. This is where police are useless comes in. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. So four LAPD officers riding in two patrol cars responded to the call. Officers Rodell Sadoof and Thomas Montag were in one, and Alicia Williams and Eric Tillett were in the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sadoof and Williams were seasoned veterans, and Montag and Tillett were their rookie trainees. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, Williams and her partner interviewed Murr, who repeated what she told the 911 operator, mm-hmm. according to police records. The four then fanned out, conducted an exterior search of the complex, checking doors and windows for signs of, like, for- forced entry. Mm-hmm. Um Sadooth wrote that he watched as his partner shined a flashlight into the bedroom while Davesco's body would be found on her bed 30 minutes later. He observed the bed, but no occupants, occupants Sadooth said. His partner also shined his flashlight into the living room, but observed no one. At 6.30 a.m., seven minutes after they arrived, the officers cleared the scene. Seven minutes. Like after they arrived. For a whole apartment building. Uh-huh. No evidence of a crime is what Sadooth wrote. It gets really bad. Okay. Um, Murr remained shaken in her upstairs apartment. She kept looking out her window but could no longer see the police. Quote, I was really nervous because they didn't come back and tell me if everything was okay. Mm-hmm. I had just had this really uneasy feeling. She tried to text and call some of the, like, people in the below, Mm -hmm. like, uh, apartment. Mm -hmm. Um, And each of them, like her, students and sorority sisters, Mm -hmm. uh, she called out. God, this is sad. Um, She called aloud the nickname of one of the girls, Andy, Mm -hmm. which is Andrea. Um, And... uh, Murr heard nothing in response, and like to shouting Andy's name, she ran into her room, Erica, in the kitchen. Oh, I'm sorry, not into her room. Her room's name's not Erica. <laughs> she ran into her roommate, Erica, in the kitchen and told her about the screams and the police coming and going without letting her know everything was okay. She was like, "Don't worry, they probably did their job." Um, Murr would later recall. Moments later, Murr heard a loud bang from downstairs. She sprinted to the balcony outside her bedroom and looked down. She saw the same man she had seen earlier that morning. He was jumping from the balcony outside Andy's room. She also saw smoke pouring from the apartment. She called 911 for a second time just after 7 a.m. I just called the cops about a girl screaming, and I saw a guy who was in there run out of her room, and it looks like her room is on fire. When the 911 operator asked for the race of the suspect, Murr replied, I already did this. Mm-hmm. She went on to describe a young man wearing jeans and a tank top, a baseball cap, matching the description she had already gave earlier that morning. Quote, what color was the tank top? The operator asked. Murr responded, we need an ambulance. In the apartment below, Davesco's roommates, who had gone to bed in the wee hours and slept through the screams, awoke to the sounds of a fire alarm. Jessica, Jessica Westling, who considered Davesco like her best friend, mm-hmm. um, stood outside her friend's bedroom with another sorority sister screaming Am- Andy's name. They couldn't go inside to get her, what Westling would later testify, because the room was already engulfed in flames. Mm-hmm. The charred bed of Andrea Delvesco's room, firefighters found um, Andy's bed on top of it. Andy's bed. Andy's body on top of it. Um, 
Her face and fingers were burned so badly she was initially listed as a Jane Doe before being positively identified through dental records. Mm -hmm. Uh, She suffered at least 19 sharp force injuries, the coroner found. Some were superficial cuts, others were stab wounds. Three-inch deep wounds to both the carotid arteries were deemed rapidly fatal. Mm -hmm. Her dog, a Chihuahua Terrier mix she called Shea Panda, was found at the foot of her bed, singed and gasping for breath. The comatose animal was taken to the vet where it was euthanized to end its suffering. Because Del Visco's body was so badly charred in the fryers, investigators could not determine a precise time of death. Mm-hmm. Uh, the absence of soot in her airways and relatively low level of carbon monoxide in her blood indicate she was most likely deceased prior to, like, being lit on fire. Mm. I mean, like... The small small, mercies. Yeah, exactly. Um, The blaze an arson investigator would later testify was intentionally set by someone who dumped a trash can onto the bed and placed an open flame to its contents. Mm -hmm. Two college students, Alberto Medina and Eric Marquez, were arrested and charged with Del Vesco's murder uh, soon after. Like, they... Because... They had... Wait, how could you arrest two people? Just just wait. Okay. Just wait. Um, so they attended... Um, Medina attended Fresno State University and was visiting Marquez, who attended UCLA, mm-hmm. and lived less than a mile from Del Pesco. Mm-hmm. Um, the two friends from high school, that's how they know each mm-hmm. other, uh, were accused of committing burglary across the street from Andy's apartment. Okay. So that's how, like, that same night they had burglarized mm-hmm. an apartment. Okay. So that's how the cops were like, hold on a second. Let's see what they're wearing. And Medina was wearing exactly what Murr described okay. the suspect is wearing. Mm-hmm. Um, so prosecutors contended that Medina then went inside Andy's unit and killed her after burglaring the apartment across the street. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marquez waited in the car and helped him cover it up the crime, is what they were... Okay, what they were saying happened. Yes, yeah. So, detectives recovered a pair of women's underwear they suspect was taken from Andy's body, along with bloody clothing and a bloody knife in a closet in Medina's Fresno apartment. apartment. Mm-hmm. According to court records, investigators first identified Medina and Marquez as suspects after a pair of uh, speakers allegedly stolen in the burglary were re-registered online by a man who turned out to be another friend of Medina's. Okay. Um, according to police, the man told detectives that he had done so at Medina's behest, and Medina initially lied about how he came in possession, because obviously mm-hmm. he's going to fucking lie, um, but eventually confessed to stealing them. Mm-hmm. He then confessed to being at the scene of the killing, but said that his friend Marquez was responsible. Okay. And that's the one who waited in the car. Yeah, okay. I mean, he already lied once, so... Yeah. So, this is the murder of a white woman. Mm-hmm. Blonde hair, uh, like... Yeah. Like the poster child. Right. For being a sorority gore, girl. Okay, so this went fucking... Insane. Insane. Um, so, like, it made international news, like, to yeah. the extreme. Yeah. Uh, so... Medina and Marquez, both 23, pled not guilty, which... I mean, what? Yeah. But I guess it's a strategy. 
Yes. So prosecutors were trying to go for like special circumstances against Medina that would allow them to seek the death penalty Mm. um, if he was convicted. Uh, However, attorneys for both defendants declined Mm -hmm. in the end. Medina was found guilty of killing Andy in Mm -hmm. a trial by jury in in May 2018. Medina was convicted of first-degree murder under special circumstances, along with two counts of burglary, one count of arson, and one count of cruelty to animals. Mm -hmm. Uh, Judge Mark Wyndham added 11 years to Medina's life sentence for non-murder counts. Um, uh, Victor Alvila, representing the prosecution, said... People convicted of first-degree murder on special circumstances usually get the maximum sentence in California, which is life without parole. Mm-hmm. Uh, Medina kept a straight face during trial and did not seem to express any remorse for the victim. Defense attorney Deborah Werbel, which is an awful last <laughs> name, um, said Medina does not show any emotion to everyone um, and has acknowledged wrongdoing. Just because you acknowledge it doesn't mean that you care that you did it. Exactly. Like, yes, okay, I realized that you think what I did was wrong. Like, okay. Sure, bitch. Like, what what does that do for me? <laughs> like, it's what? It's just, it's so shitty. Um, So this part also really got me. Uh, 33 of Andy's friends and family members submitted victim impact statements. Oh, my God. And the judge um, would, like, ask them to like asked them to take their time because he wanted to hear every word that they had Mm -hmm. to say. And, um, Leslie. Yes. Um, mama Leslie, Mm -hmm. uh, said her daughter had a rare gift of making one feel loved and understood. She added her daughter could always make her siblings feel better when they were feeling down. And she was truly a ball of light. So, so sad. They, they ever like, well, I guess he didn't really say much at all. No. Then nobody knows, like, why he... Did nobody it. knows why he did it. Just opportunity. Yeah. Because, right, because um, Murr lived on the second floor, so that would have been the first floor? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he, like, saw her through yeah. the window or yeah, something. Yeah, like... He's like... Oh, this is easy. This is... I'm just gonna go kill her. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to kill something. I'm just going to go kill. Like, what What goes through your mind, like, in that? Or you just, like, you don't really think. You just, like, fixate and you just go do. Like, yeah. You know? Yeah. Hmm. That's so sad. Isn't it? Because, like, she did, like, not that people do anything to deserve to be murdered, but, like, she was totally unsuspecting. Oh, no, people definitely do things to be deserved to be but murdered. But I mean, like, the, and if you... The I, know what you I know what you're you trying know what to I mean? say. I know what you're trying to say. But I'm just messing with you. Yeah. But, you know, she had um, no idea. Yeah. And, or any suspicion. She had. She didn't even know this person. Mm-hmm. And they just come into her room and, and kill her. And what I can't understand is the cops were there for seven minutes. Like, they could have... They could have done like, something. On on one hand, they were there for seven minutes, and then they were only there for seven minutes. So it's like exactly. both of those things. Like, it makes no sense. It makes no sense whatsoever. Um, I'll, I don't think I said this, but they all lost their jobs. Yeah, all, I, all four I, of the cops lost their jobs. I mean, I obviously I don't know anything about being a police officer, but like that just seems. Well, it's also Negli- LAPD, which negligent. is, like, super, one of the most corrupt police forces in the country, so. I just feel like 
it just seems negligent. Like oh, m- I'm just most definitely one hundred and ten percent of the bare minimum to go on with my life. Yeah, yeah. Like she didn't get to go on with her life because you could did the bare yeah. minimum. Yeah. Oh yeah. They got they lost their jobs, but they retired with full pensions and shit. Yeah. So it's what's the, what's the oh point? damn yeah they really you really got them that time. Yeah, they're gonna learn from that. Like mm-hmm. other people are gonna learn from their mistakes. Deal. All right. Anyway, I hope you guys have a very spooky week. Um, Sierra, plug the things. Yeah. Gosh. Okay. I need to get out of. I literally I could not sleep um, this last night this morning. So yeah. I've been up since like five o'clock. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, reading this horrible shit. Okay. So I'm gonna go get a tattoo. Sounds like great There's plan. There's Bailey. <laughs> Hi Bailey. Did you guys hear those tippy taps? Thank you for joining us. Did you say hi? Yes. Like, fuck y'all. Oh, God. (laughs) I don't know you. I don't know you. (laughs) All right. Well, you guys can check us out on Facebook and Instagram. (laughs) Bailey needs to be heard, apparently. Um, We'll have to do something. Have like a little. There she um, goes. A little combo intro with Bailey or something. Yes. Um, Mag's got her intro. Bailey needs hers apparently. <laughs> and um, anyways, check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Paranormal podcast. Uh, post pictures um, from each of our cases and on there, and then you can find <laughs> our sources on our website, paranormalpodcast. Dot com. <laughs> there she goes. And happy little self. Oh, waddling with purpose. <laughs> She's doing it. Uh-huh. Um, and anyways, yeah, so... Set the website. On our website, you can contact us. You can find sources. You can find... Um, so we have personal resources that are for you guys um, if you want to check those out. And... I feel like that's everything. Oh, you can send us mail. Oh, yeah, mail's good. Oh, we haven't said that in a while, so mail's good. <laughs> Emily loves mail, actually. I fucking love mail, guys. If you don't know by now, I don't, you're missing yeah, out. Yeah, literally, um, mail makes me so happy. But you can send it to Paranormal Podcast, uh, P.O. Box 1416, Monroe, North Carolina, 28111. That's three ones. Mm-hmm. And check yeah. us out. Goodbye. Bye. Bailey saying bye. 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 <laughs>